take it away, Owen. Welcome to the Icelandic Roots podcast, where we explore the rich and vibrant culture of Iceland. From its stunning natural wonders to its unique traditions and customs, we dive into the heart of what makes Iceland, Western Iceland, and New Iceland so special. Join us on a journey through the land of fire and ice, where the northern lights dance in the sky and glaciers meet the sea. We'll meet the local experts and hear their stories and discover the music, art, and literature that defines Icelandic culture. So sit back, relax, and let's immerse ourselves in the beauty of Iceland. Talk fitted. Golden Dine folk, Jaeger Owen, Frau Gimli, from Gimli, Manitoba, Canada. Uh, I have a deep connection to the new Iceland that was a rich part of my upbringing. My mother, Juliana Roberts, formerly maiden name Goodbeardson, now runs the New Iceland Heritage Museum in Gimli. So my connection continues to grow stronger, as does my grasp of Islandska. As a participant in the 2022 Snorri program, I was inspired to share many amazing aspects of Icelandic history and culture. In the spring of this year, 2023, I'll graduate from the University of Manitoba with a Bachelor of Commerce degree in Supply Chain Management and Marketing. Yes, hello everyone. My name is John Plumley, but you can all call me Jack. I am a creative individual who enjoys writing, making videos, and doing podcasts. My passion for storytelling stems from my heritage as a third-generation Icelandic Canadian on my maternal side. My time in Iceland as a Snorri was really a transformational experience that allowed me to learn more about my ancestors and connect with the culture. I am eager and excited to continue this journey and expand my knowledge. I still have so much to discover and experience from and about the land of my ancestors. Hi listeners, my name is Cass Highgard. I was raised in Northeast North Dakota, surrounded by my many Icelandic aunts, uncles, and cousins. I now live and work in St. Paul, Minnesota. My love of my Icelandic heritage was strengthened by stories, traditions, and of course, food. And as a participant in the 2022 Snorri program, I found a deeper connection to my Icelandic heritage through my favorite Icelandic treat, ice cream. I started the Instagram account, Land of Fire and Ice Cream, which chronicled my journey through Iceland with my family and fellow Snorris. It was an adventure into storytelling, and I'm excited to continue learning and telling stories through this podcast. So thanks everyone for uh, tuning in to all of us here. And, uh, we certainly hope you enjoy what's about to become. New Iceland is the historical term used to describe the Icelandic settlement in Manitoba, Gimli and Riverton in the late 19th century. A group of Icelandic immigrants established a community and government in the area now known as Gimli, which became the center of Icelandic culture and heritage in Canada. But they faced many challenges, including smallpox epi epidemic, uh, but were able to establish a thriving community based on their shared Icelandic heritage and culture. Today, the community is still active and very vibrant, and it continues to celebrate its rich cultural heritage through the now 134th year at the Icelandic festival and other community events throughout the year. New Iceland's relationship with the Canadian government and other neighboring communities developed over time as well. And eventually they did join the province of Manitoba 
but that is all history that you will learn about in today's podcast episode. Absolutely. Thank you, Jack, for that nice little intro on uh, the conversation we're about to have with my mother, Juliana Roberts, whose former name is Goodbeardson, the Icelandic connection there, uh, who has been involved in the Icelandic community pretty much her entire life, uh, taking classes at the University of Manitoba when she was younger, pretty much attending every single Icelandic festival in Gimli every summer, speaking Icelandic herself, uh, her passion and of her passion and knowledge of culture has spurred her to be a leader in the community, managing the new Iceland Heritage Museum now in my hometown of Gimli. It's certainly inspiring, and we hope you guys enjoy what uh, we're about to talk about. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very first interview of 2023, the revival of the Icelandic Roots podcast, brought to you by myself, Owen Roberts, and my two good friends, Cass and Jack. We are going to be interviewing none other than my very own mother today. Bless her for coming to uh, talk to us about New Iceland Heritage Museum and pretty much the entire synopsis of New Iceland in general and uh, just a lot of the connections we have out there to Iceland uh, as, as opposed to us here in Western Iceland as well. So uh, welcome, Mom, and thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this. Um... I guess one of the biggest things I think about, and I was especially interested in when I was talking to the Snorri participants and just seeing di different experiences growing up and being Icelandic and what that meant. And I'm kind of curious, like what your experience growing up, like what was being Icelandic like in your community? How, how did that impact to where you are now? Um, so growing up in Riverton, which is where the Icelanders, when they first came in 1875, they were headed uh, to Riverton, which was called the White Mud River. So growing up in Riverton, Icelandic was very predominant. We had it, you know, we sang Icelandic Christmas carols at the Christmas concerts. We learned Icelandic in school from grades, uh, kindergarten to grade six. Um, you know, in, in my home, uh, we grew up with lots of Icelandic heritage knowing all the heritage and the history and the culture and it was really we were very proud of our Icelandic heritage and we even had um, you know there was researchers that came from Iceland to Riverton to study us because we were uh, you know we were 100% Icelandic living and the only so we were like the perfect experiment because we were of you know 100% Icelandic but the only difference was our environment so they tested our you know our cardiac health and took samples of our hair and did all that kind of stuff and they came back twice so once was in the 70s and then they came again in the early 80s so you know Icelandic was just um it was part of who we were and it was part of the community and and it was really interesting when I went to Grand Forks actually to um one of the INL conventions because even though I had a relative that had gone to North Dakota, I didn't realize that there was such a big Icelandic population there as well. So I was pleasantly pleased to meet all the Yones and the Siggies and the, <laughs> all of that. So, yeah. Yeah, those would have been my people. Your people, that's right. Yeah. Um, did you ever expect it to kind of end up being basically your career then too, your heritage and your career? Uh, no, I didn't expect it to be. I have a degree in recreation studies, but when I was at university, I took Icelandic language classes and it ended up that um, Icelandic became my minor. So I have a degree in recreation studies with a minor in Icelandic studies. Mm. Um, and it was really quite natural to do the Icelandic because it had always been a huge part of my life and who we were and who where we came from. And 
Uh, so throughout my life and career, I went, you know, I lived in Vancouver and I lived in Calgary and I lived, um, you know, up in Gillum is where I met my husband. And then when I came down here, the museum uh, position came open and it's a really good fit because a recreation degree, you work with community organizations and you do, you know, you set up events and you set up exhibits or, you know, it's um it's a very good fit. And I also knew the Icelandic community from taking my courses in Winnipeg so I was really familiar with with you know the Winnipeg Icelanders and the ones that were here so there was a huge trust factor because Icelanders they they love everybody but they really love and trust Icelanders Mm. (laughs) so it was a good fit so then can you kind of give us a background of what you're doing now and what the museum is and yeah, sure. So the museum uh, was incorporated in 1995, and it was actually started back in the 70s as the Icelandic International Cultural Corporation when the Icelanders recognized that they needed to preserve the artifacts um, and you know and the the artifacts that came across with the immigrants back in the early, the late 1800s. So um, actually, part of our collection existed with the Icelandic International uh, Cultural Corporation and then went to the Icelandic National League, which then turned their collection over to us. So we were incorporated in 1995. We um, we are now in the Waterfront Centre since 2000. And we tell the story of the settlement of New Iceland. So, you know, the Icelanders were having a, a terrible time in Iceland the plague had hit the sheep and had killed most of the sheep and there was a huge volcanic a volcanic eruption that uh, killed you know a lot of the grass with all the heavy coating of ash and there was no urbanization so the you know the families were starving on the on the farms because there wasn't the agriculture and the and you know uh, livestock to feed them so the Canada was at the time trying to settle the west so they offered up land um you know through john taylor or yeah yeah, john taylor let's say james no wait a minute which one's the singer (laughs) james taylor john taylor um yeah you got that (laughs) to come to canada uh and uh sig trigger yonason which is called the father who's been known as the father of new iceland they offered them um a you know a better way of life so they you know they took some long travels on boats to some of them came through Scotland, some landed in Halifax, some, you know, came up to Kinmount, Ontario. And then Kinmount couldn't support second wave that came because the, the, um, the land and stuff couldn't support them. So they heard that there was an economic boom in Winnipeg. So they boarded the train and came to Winnipeg. Unfortunately, they were a year too late. <laughs> so they, um, so then they were given this swath of land, which goes from Boundary Creek all the way up to Hecla Island from Number 8 Highway west to the west, west from Number 8 Highway all the way to the lake, to the west shore of Lake Winnipeg. Sorry, I messed that up. You're going to edit that out, aren't you, Jan- John? <laughs> um, yes, uh, no, no worries. <laughs> okay. So they, yeah, they give them the, the land from Boundary Creek all the way up to Hecla, which is called Mickley, and from Number 8 Highway East to the Lake, the Lake Winnipeg. Uh, so they gave them that property, and um, they actually, the group that we tell the story about is, um, you know, they were coming, they were being towed by a barge, and they were on uh, York boats, and they were actually, there was a storm coming, and so the captain cut them loose 
and let them just um um what's the right word drift and they drifted to shore and they landed in willow on willow island and there's a rock there that um signifies where they landed so those Icelanders, they arrived on October 21st in 1875, and you know what October 21st is the very beginning of the winter, and it was a harsh winter, minus 30, you know, plus um, degrees. And so, um, so that's what our museum tells that story. And we go right from, you know, our, our exhibits, our permanent exhibits, talk about what it was like in Iceland, uh, what they look like, how they got there. Uh, we have a tent, which mimics uh, what they would have lived in when they first came. Then uh, they quickly built log houses for obvious reasons. And so we have a log house. Uh, we also have, um, uh, you know, so we take you right through the settlement. So we have artifacts that take you through. We have a copy of the constitution of New Iceland because New Iceland actually, uh, you know, Icelanders knew and needed uh, law and order. So they actually had like mayors and councils and, and that's not the right word, but they had, um, and they drew up constitution. So we have a copy of the constitution on our wall and the actual document actually is in the Icelandic collection at the University of Manitoba. So- um, It's like Gimli's own little all thingy. Yes, yeah, well not Gimli's, it would have been New Icelands, right? So they would have had, so Arnisbeth where we live here, that would have been one of the areas, you know? So they, they, um, yeah, they got uh, law and order and they, you know, in uh, I think the first winter they had a school erected. They had a teacher right away and a nurse. And within a couple of years they had, you know, they, they didn't have much money, but they saved their money to uh, buy a printing press and they produced newspapers. You know, of course we know that Icelandic Icelanders are the most literate population in the world. Uh, by the amount sheer amount of books that they produce and <laughs> and give and read um and then uh we also have a, a large collection of rocks from new uh, from iceland of course iceland being a geological gold mine they brought uh rocks to us i i think in 2011 uh and so we have a room full of rocks that uh, at the museum in the back and then we have a temporary gallery which we uh, bring in temporary or we borrow exhibits from national museums or uh, we have visual exhibitions we had um, Carter's mom Signe we had she did a, a black and white photography mm. exhibition uh, last summer um, and then our newest exhibit which we are um, it came up in 2017 is a uh, an exhibit uh, that pays tribute to John Ramsey and John Ramsey was an indigenous fellow who helped the Icelanders when they first uh, were settled when the smallpox arrived mm. now the, the first settlement came in 1875 and then the second wave came in 1876 and unbeknownst to them they brought smallpox in their clothing or you know there was that's the only way they can you know think that the smallpox arrived um and so smallpox decimated most of the indigenous population that the Icelanders lived with and beside and a lot of the Icelandic population as well and John Ramsey actually went by dog team to Winnipeg to bring a doctor back to the colony to you know to help them out and while he was gone, he lost a wife and two children to the smallpox epidemic. So uh, that's our newest exhibit. 
and it um, we hired singer songwriter uh, William Prince to write uh, a song. It's called the Ballad of John Ramsey, and uh, so that so his song makes up the exhibit, and it you know there's an interactive component which you press the buttons, and it'll tell you the story of John Ramsey, and and along with the songs, and along with the making or the producing of the film that goes along with the the exhibit. So that's our newest exhibit. What else would you like to know? Yeah, I could maybe. Uh, ask if you, you you sort of answered something that I was always curious about, and I kind of figured the answer was more along these lines. But just why is you know this region happened to be sort of the hub of Icelanders who were emigrating to Canada? And it does sound like it's one of those things that a lot of it was happening just by chance, right? More yes. or less random, just the circumstances at the time. But then I guess maybe tying into that any more, if you have some insight. I know my uh, relatives sort of settled in Saskatchewan area and they mm -hmm. kept the Icelandic culture amongst themselves and within the community, but never anywhere near the, the amount that has been kept in New Iceland. And do you have any insight as to why the Icelandic culture really remains so prevalent in this area within this population of, of settlers, as opposed to other areas where they also emigrated and ended up in uh, throughout Canada and the United States? Uh, you know, the only speculation that I can give is just by sheer number, mm. right? You know, a big population uh, settled here and mm. stayed here. You know, some, of course, went over to North Dakota and there's some mm. in Baltimore, Manitoba. But I think it's the sheer number and, and you know, uh, the ability to gather with, with your friends and family and, mm. you know, that helps you to keep those cultures alive, mm. right? Yes, yeah, certainly. And perhaps even tying into that, too, is just um, it seemed like maybe there was a, an opportunity for them to get more rooted and involved politically. Right. Like you said, setting up sort of law enforcement for themselves and different things like that. That seems to maybe be something unique that, you know, they had the opportunity to get more settled with uh, with with developing those sorts of aspects. Right. Well, they had their own constitution. So they actually existed before the, pro like the province of Manitoba was only a postage oh, stamp, right? Hmm. There was only a postage stamp, if you know your Canadian history. And then New Iceland was its own, um, I don't know what the right word is, but you right. know, I guess it was the Republic of New Iceland. Hmm. Uh, so then in, I think it was 1876 or 77, that Manitoba absorbed New Iceland. Hmm. So actually, um, you know, our museum tells a story that this swath of land on the west side of Lake Winnipeg was mainly Icelanders, uh, except for Riverton or mm. uh, the White Mud River was the sandy. Oh, you know what? I'm going to get that wrong. Um, it was the indigenous population that John mm. Ramsey was a part of. You know, they lived mm. there and, and the Icelanders, mm. they, um, um, they learned to live and, and work and, and play together. So. Uh, so we talk about in 1903 is when the the swath of land became became multicultural. So mm. I think it was just sheer number of like-minded and and uh, I, mainly Icelandic population that allowed that culture to stay so um, you know so strong. Uh, mm. You know, and Icelanders love history. <laughs> they, they love to you know they love to talk about their heritage and so um, keeping those artifacts and. 
um, all of the books and, and collections mm-hmm. and stuff like that was it came naturally to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. So perhaps if you get enough Icelanders together anywhere in the world, the same sort of thing would <laughs> manifest itself. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. One it thing does, about, sorry, go oh, ahead. No, John, go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to add, in addition to all of that, um, something that I find fascinating, too, is that it still has such a um, such an influence on the surrounding culture. I know Owen was mentioning something like at the university, there's an Icelandic reading room, and it just sounds like uh, all around, whether it's in Winnipeg or all throughout near Gimli and those areas, that it's just it's prevalent um, regardless or, you know, outside of. So I'm wondering, uh, how do people who do not have Icelandic heritage, are they also interested? Like, is it that prevalent that they're coming out to the museums, they're researching and learning, and they're also getting engaged with this Icelandic cultural aspect of the area? Well, the Vikings TV show has certainly helped. Uh, (laughs) But no. um, (laughs) That's a good one. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, museums. So, you know, in, in regards to the museum, we don't answer all the questions, but if we spark the little bit of interest for the people to research further, and of course, visitors to the community are fascinated by the Icelandic influence, you know, the, the um, you know, place names, uh, you know, the statue, of course, the Viking statue, um, you know, they, they notice it more when they, make, when they come and visit, like, you know, the, our neighboring municipality is called Bifrost, you know, the bridge to the, to the gods. Um, the Icelandic influence is, is uh, it's everywhere. If you look for it or you know what to look for, it's everywhere. I can the even universe- add, add to that too, just in terms of the like names of areas. When we went to Iceland, it blew my mind. It's like, oh, we're driving to Gaysif now. It's like, oh, that's <laughs> five minutes from where I actually grew up. <laughs> yeah. And Bifrost and all those names. It's funny. Yeah, they're similar. The, um, yeah, the Iceland, oh, there, just, I forgot what I was going to say about that now. Something about uh, the University of Manitoba and their. Oh, you. Yeah, the University of Manitoba has the Icelandic department. So they actually, te- you can get a master's in Icelandic studies at the University of Manitoba. You can take, con- you know, con- conversational Icelandic. You can take grammar, Old Norse mythology. I took a whole course on Stefan Ger Stefansson, the poet, <laughs> you know, and there's also, um, you know, the chair is endowed. So it's been there, um, I don't know how many years, but they have the Icelandic collection. They have the Icelandic archives and they have a rare books room so they have a lot there's quite a bit of Icelandic material at the University of Manitoba yeah just I, I would say absolutely there is that entire third floor really you walk out and it's these full floor to ceiling windows out looking outside in the park and it's just like a gorgeous marble floor and all these beautiful books in display never mind the actual book case and containers behind in the giant room and I think, is it Stefan Gare Stephenson or is it Sigtrigger Jonasson's desk that's in that oh. uh, the collection? I, I think it's Stefan. Stefan mm. Gare Stephenson's desk yeah. is there, yeah. Does that answer mm. your, your question, John? Yeah, no, certainly, certainly. And I'm very curious myself. I've not actually ever been out to Manitoba. So I think it would be cool having visited Iceland first and now mm-hmm. coming, whereas it's reversed. Owen goes to Iceland and sees all the names of different places around there that he recognized. But for me, I would go... Um, you know, seeing all the similarities to Iceland on the other side. So for sure, for sure. And Mm. we, there's a large, there's lots of, uh, so I'm going to backtrack when I started at the museum and, you know, we always 
grew up with our parents and aunties and uncles always wanted to go to Iceland to see where their relatives came from, right? To see the homesteads and the churches where they were baptized or, you know, there was always a fascination with going back to Iceland. But until I started at the museum, I didn't realize how reciprocal it is that the Icelanders want to come here to see where their depend where their relatives ended up. Like where did they settle and and where are they now? And do we have any relatives? And and we have um, you know, we have genealogy books in the back, you know, the local history books. So we will pull them out for them to look to see, you know, if they have um their names and birth dates and if they have an idea where they settled then we can always we can help them out to to find out where they live but we often we often point them to Icelandic roots as well because that's the best place to get the information or easiest place I should say yeah I had an experience similar to that too where um you know we were with I was with my homestay family and all of my extended relatives in Iceland and they wanted to look at Icelandic roots and see all of you know the families that had emigrated and like all of our family history too when they went to Canada and America and um like I wanted to look at the book of Icelanders to like see you know all of my family on that side and it's just yeah the interest on both sides is so reciprocal it's I I was surprised by that as well yeah I I can definitely relate on both uh both as well even when I was there it was crazy to like be able to tell them Oh, like, yeah, 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 Frau Gimlet. And then they're like, oh, Gimlet, because they learn about it in the history and in school, which is crazy considering such a small but, town on the scale here in Canada. But but the immigration story is not told that widely in Iceland. Like, they are not taught the, the, about the mass immigration Um I actually did a tour, a virtual tour with a high school from somewhere, Southern Iceland or whatever, and I toured them around the museum. <laughs> it was good. Does that happen often that you get a lot of like Icelandic groups like that, that come tour the museum? Many, we have many, we have, uh, you know, um, tour buses that come through. Like there's a couple of fellows from Iceland that bring tours. Um, and we get, yeah, we get lots of Icelandic uh, visitors or international visitors. Yeah. We have Iceland, you know, um, there's been Icelanders who have immigrated to Gimli in the last, you know, within the last 10 years. And they're, they're great volunteers to the museum. And, and they, the Icelandic consul, he always says, I never felt so Icelandic until I moved to Canada. <laughs> he said, because in, in Iceland, they don't celebrate being Icelandic because they are. <laughs> and so when it comes that's a very good point <laughs> yeah no the, the ice liners in around the area are awesome Svala's Svala's very good she is yeah <laughs> she is uh, other... I guess we can also move and pivot a little bit here too uh I see we're running out of time on here we could start a new one okay well uh we'll just probably hop back into that and then uh, we won't keep you too much longer maybe five ten more minutes sure that's yeah. awesome that break was for our ad break first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Gatorade sponsors us, we need to drop them in right there. <laughs> commercial break. <laughs> All right, we're back after uh, our commercial break as the Zoom free trial ran out on us. Um, sorry, we'll uh, just jump right back in there. But uh, do we maybe want to pivot? And mom, did you want to talk about your involvement with Icelandic Roots as well? 
Sure. Um, I sit on the board of directors with Icelandic Roots. And um, of course, the um, Icelandic Roots comes every year to the museum. At the museum, you know, we're not only a museum, we are also um, a, a resource. We do programming. So coming up as Bola Dagger. And, and we do um, presentations and workshops. We offer Icelandic language classes. We offer, we've offered Icelandic knitting classes. And, um, you know, if there's dignitaries coming down for Icelandic festival or, um, you know, different, the Icelandic consul will often bring any dignitaries that come. We've, we've hosted the prime minister. We've hosted, I've hosted the president of Iceland. Uh, you know, lots of uh, dignitaries come through. And so Icelandic Festival Weekend, we offer workshops and Icelandic Roots has come for the last number of years and uh, set up in our theater and offer uh, a workshop on Icelandic Roots. So it allows folks to come and try out the, the database and see what it's all about and, and leave awestruck with the information um, about family members that they can find, you know, right at their fingertips. So... Um, and the Icelandic Roots organization has also been very generous in uh, giving us a grant every year for the last number of years, which as a nonprofit, we always appreciate, you know, fundraising and um, uh, drumming up donations is, is a never ending job. So we appreciate uh, all the help that we get from Icelandic Roots. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some synergies going on in what both of you guys are promoting in terms of Icelandic culture and lineage in the works so mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for sure like I said you know there's lots of Icelanders that come uh into the museum looking for relatives or there's you know folks that live and work here in in New Iceland that are looking for family in, in Iceland and, and we all we hand out the Icelandic Roots uh business card often excellent uh Cass did you have any other questions no that's wrap actually up? probably be a good time to pivot to your question. I okay, sure. Yeah, well, as we wind up the podcast, then if anyone listening wants to get like more involved, or maybe learn more about the history of New Iceland or get involved with the different things, are there any resources or any ways that you would recommend uh, if people are curious about getting involved or learning more that they can access or where they can go to for that? Of course, we have a, a website that's www.nihm.ca, and that's the initials of our museum. So N as in new, I as in Iceland, H as in heritage, M as in, in museum.ca. And on there, you'll find information about our exhibits and hours and history and um, even have a Gimli webcam. You can check out the, the Gimli Harbor. And, uh, and actually, I can tell you that people all over the world look at that webcam because uh, if it goes down, I get emails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've even been at the office myself in Winnipeg sometimes. And it's like, oh, I wonder what the, what the harbor looks like today. <laughs> I do a quick pan. Check so you were telling us before we started recording that you have an ice rink going out there so is that what you can check out on the webcam right now no the web webcam you have to point the webcam so that it doesn't point directly mm -hmm. done because it'll wreck the lens so it's yeah. uh i have to get it adjusted because it's uh pointing directly into the harbor and you can see some of the ice fishing shacks uh in the back like in the distance kind of thing gotcha mm -hmm. the harbor is is an uh a national harbor so it's um, uh, a working harbor so the fishermen fish right out of there you know 
skiffs mm. and their boats and their whitefish boats. So it's a, an actual working harbor. So was, I had an email that said, uh, could you switch the harbor cam down a little bit so I can see when my husband comes in so I can have <laughs> supper ready? <laughs> good. Does that answer your questions, you guys? Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that gives a really good glimpse into uh, our uh, little lives out in New, in New Iceland for uh, people who might not know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel I like there's feel like I a, lot a lot more that we could talk about in just Ramon, but I think this was very good and covered a lot. So I hope others learned and get value from this. For sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, talk fit mama min. Shamst al yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. Go to notes, boys and girls. Bye. Go to notes. Perfect. That's a wrap for this episode of the Icelandic Roots Podcast. We hope you enjoyed learning about the unique culture of Iceland with our guest, Juliana Roberts, and that you gained a deeper appreciation for this fascinating country. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to tune in for our next episode where we'll continue to delve deep into the heart of Icelandic culture. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for updates and new episodes. Tak for listening. One of the best ways to stay up to date on all things Icelandic roots is by signing up for our newsletter. Each month we'll send you the latest news, articles, and resources related to Icelandic genealogy, culture, and history. Here's what you can expect from our newsletter. Insights into Icelandic genealogy. Our team of expert researchers and genealogists will provide tips and tricks for tracing your Icelandic ancestry, as well as share fascinating stories about Icelandic families and their histories. Cultural highlights. From Icelandic literature and music to art and film, we'll keep you up to date on the latest cultural events and trends in Iceland and beyond. As well as travel inspiration, are you planning a trip to Iceland? Our newsletter gives you the insider tips on the best places to visit, as well as recommendations for accommodations, dining, and more from people who have been, as well as locals who can give you the full experience. As well as community events, Icelandic Roots is more than just a newsletter, it's a community of people. We all share this passion for Icelandic cultural and history, and we keep you informed about upcoming events, meetups, and gatherings, where you can connect with fellow Icelanders and Icelandic Americans and Canadians. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for Icelandic Roots newsletter today and join our community of heritage seeker and culture lovers. We can't wait to share the magic of Iceland with you.